Hey, everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes is a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acup, and today I'm going to tell you five reasons you should ignore the sleep mafia. Who, uh, who is the sleep mafia? I'll tell you that too. Don't you worry. I'm going to give you a wild, fun episode today. I think you're going to love it. Before we start, though, today's episode is sponsored by me. That's right. Today's sponsor is me. I've been really surprised at how many people who listen to this podcast have reached out to me about having me speak at their events. I love that. And here's why. Over the last 13 years, I've had the honor to help hundreds of companies like Nissan, Walmart, Microsoft, and Comedy Central at events around the world. And during that time, I've developed three big goals for your event. Number one, I want to slingshot your audience into the best year they've ever had. Whether I'm opening, closing, or somewhere in the middle of the event, I want to launch everyone out of that room with actionable, memorable things that they can apply to their work and lives immediately. Number two, my second goal. I want the sound team engaged and laughing. The sound team has heard it all. They have. And if I can make them laugh and learn along the way, the audience is going to absolutely love the keynote. And number three, my third goal, I want you to get text messages during the keynote. My favorite sentence to hear from you after I speak is, John, my phone was blowing up during your keynote. I'm there to make you look like a rock star, not me. If your boss text you during my speech and compliments you on how well the event is going, then I know I've done my job. Whether it's virtual or live, 10,000 people in an arena or 15 sales team members on WebEx or Zoom or, or Microsoft Teams, I'd love to help you with your next event. Fill out the quick form at acuff.me slash speaking to check my availability. That's acuff, A-C-U-F-F dot M-E slash speaking. All right. Let's jump in to this episode with some feedback from one of our awesome listeners. Somebody sent me some awesome feedback. I was so grateful. They sent it to me. They DM'd me on Instagram. I don't know if you follow me on Instagram. You should. It is, it is a delightful experience. My name on Instagram is just at John Acuff, J-O-N-A-C-U-F-F. We'll link that in the show notes. Just in case you didn't know I have Instagram. I, I do have Instagram. I'm not on TikTok because I'm a, I'm a little old for all the dancing, but I'm definitely on Instagram. So here's what somebody wrote me. A listener to this podcast wrote me this. This is verbatim. I wrote this down. So I will now proceed to read this exactly how they sent it. And this was, they sent a really nice message. And then this was the PS. PS, I've listened to a couple of podcasts where you were the guest instead of the host. And you seem edgier when your name isn't on the thumbnail. Dot, dot, dot. It's like a cliffhanger when somebody puts a dot, dot, dot. It's interesting to see that you're not just all sunshine and alliteration. That, that was their feedback. And let me just say right now, that is amazing feedback. I, I love that feedback. You guys have been giving me such great feedback. The reviews you write are so, so helpful. And I want to first say that feedback is true and challenging. It is. And I I thought about it. And I think sometimes what happens is that when you're a writer, you write 
kind of a script of the podcast. When it's an episode just by me, I'm writing it out. When I'm being interviewed on somebody else's show, there's a lot more riffing. There's a lot more room for a rant. And sometimes, I'll just be honest with you, it's easy and tempting for me to play it a little too safe, to go, okay, well, I want to, I don't want to say anything that's controversial. I want to stay inside the lines. And then what happens is it can come across as all sunshine. Now, as far as alliteration, like I will never give up on alliteration. I love alliteration. I'm such a fan of alliteration. So I'm not, I'm never going to quit that. You'll never be able to take alliteration from me. But I do think that there's something really smart about that about the invitation to be edgier on your own show when it's just me versus having it really, really tightly scripted where I'm like, I'm following something that I've written that's safe and kind of sanitized and sterile. In other words, meaning not riffy, not ranty. And so I wanted to share a topic that I talk about a lot off mic or I talk about a lot with friends or I'll maybe even share on somebody else's podcast, but I've never shared it on my own. And one of the topics that I've been ranting about a lot is what I would call the sleep mafia. Who, who is the sleep mafia? It's the collection of influencers who tell you that you're not getting up early enough. Have you, have you ever bumped into them online? Maybe saw somebody on Twitter, maybe somebody on Instagram, maybe there's an influencer whose podcast you listen to and they talk about like their morning, like here's my morning routine. I've been privately grumbling about how crazy I think most of those people are, but it finally came to a head the other day when I saw someone post that they get up to work out at 2.45 a.m. Let me repeat that because right now you're probably like, no, I must have misheard that. He must have meant 5.45. No, you you heard correctly. 2.45 a.m. That is bonkers to me. At 2.45 a.m., you should be in REM not the gym. Boom. Rhyme time. Let me say it again. You should be in REM, not the gym. You should be deeply asleep at 2.45 a.m. Unless you're like a longshoreman and you've got to get up at night and unload boats or something, there is never a reason that you should be working. Like You shouldn't be up doing a burpee at 2.45 a.m. You should be in REM not the gym. I feel like that needs to be a t-shirt, like a soft flannel t-shirt that you could wear to bed. Like this is my pajamas. We're probably not going to make that. But if somebody ever made that shirt, please send me one. I'm a medium. A lot of times people send me large t-shirts. Like people send me stuff in the mail, which is super nice. Sometimes gummy bears. Love that. I've become a bit of a gummy bear influencer over the years, but people send me a large t-shirt because I think online I present I've just got a massive frame online. People see me and they're like, that guy's shoulders are huge, but I'm actually, I'm a, I'm a medium. So I've been talking a lot and thinking about like how early people tell you to get up. And I actually put my foot in my mouth the other day on somebody else's podcast. I mentioned, oh my gosh, I saw somebody that said you should get up at 2.45 AM to work out. And then the host got quiet and he said, well, well, I... I get up at 3.30 and it was a little awkward on my part. He was super kind about it and I hadn't been that insulting. It wasn't that awkward. Um, I actually put my foot in my mouth way worse than that. One time I was talking to somebody about a book I didn't like. Like I just thought that this was, the book wasn't fantastic and I was kind of criticizing this one element of the book. And then I swear to you, the person got quiet and then they rolled up like the sleeve of their shirt and they had a tattoo from that book. 
the very book I was saying, eh, not the best. They rolled it up and they they had a sleeve tattoo of that book. That that was way more awkward than what I did the other day. But maybe you've been feeling some sort of guilt about not getting up early enough. So I want to alleviate that today, at least some of it. I don't know if I'll be able to remove all of it, but I definitely want to alleviate some of it. So I've got five reasons that you should ignore the sleep mafia. Five reasons. Number one, all advice is a la carte. Reason number one, all advice is a la carte. Take what works for you and leave what doesn't. So for instance, right now, I have two teenage daughters. If I tried to live the way I currently live when I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old, I would be miserable. So I think sometimes what happens is that an influencer will tell you, you should do these seven exact things in your life. And the problem with that is they don't know your life. They don't. They don't know your strengths, your challenges, your weaknesses, your obligations, all the things you've got going on in your very unique life. They don't know those things, but they give you this formula and they promise you like, here's the exact formula. You have to do this exact thing. I think it's much better with any advice you get, whether it's an influencer online, whether it's a business book you read, whether it's, you know, a podcast you listen to, take what works for you and leave what doesn't. I mean, even in this list, I've got five points in this list. You might go, no, I disagree with that one. Or no, those two don't work. But those three, like, yeah, I relate to that. I can vibe with that, if you will, as the kids say. Do the kids say that? I don't think they do. That made me just feel so old to say that. I said Benjamins the other day to my daughter to describe a $100 bill, which I think is from the Puff Daddy song. It's all about the Benjamins, which came out probably 10 years before she was born. That was not a relevant reference to use with a child. That was my mistake. But here's the thing. Never trust an influencer who tells you if you do these seven things, you'll get the same exact results I have. Um, It's not even results may vary. It's results will vary. Take what works for you and leave what doesn't. Number one reason that you should not trust or should ignore the sleep mafia is all advice is a la carte. Reason number two, the sleep mafia never talks about what time they go to bed. Have you ever noticed that? They talk a ton about what time they get up. They talk a ton about like their morning routine and what they're doing. Like I beat up the sun. Like I'm punching the sun in the face each morning. The sun has nothing on me. Like you think you're a star? I'm up. I'm the real star. I'm in the dark. I'm doing it in the dark. They always talk about the morning. They very rarely talk about what time they go to bed. Like even the photos, people take pictures of their clock when they get up in the morning. I very rarely see someone go, hey, going to bed, it's 8.15 p.m. That's not a weird thing to do at all. Just want to let you guys know I get to bed early. I mean, let's, let's just do some of the math. Let's do some of the math. Okay, let's say right now you're like, you know what, John? I think this is dumb. Like, I think this is a dumb podcast. I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. and work out. I'm working out at 3 a.m. You can't stop me. Hey, I get that. Cool, cool. If that works for your life, keep doing it. But let's do the math. So let's say that you need seven hours of sleep. That's not a crazy estimate. Like some people it's six, some people it's eight. Let's go right down the middle. Let's go right down the middle and say, okay, if you get up at three, what time do you have to go to bed to get up at three and have seven hours of sleep? So I think I'm going to do it on my hands. I still have to do the months. Like if you said to me, what month is July? I still have to count it out on my fingers. But 
I'm going to do the math on my hands. So if you go to bed at 8 o'clock, 8 to 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. To get seven hours of sleep, you would have to go to bed at 8 p.m. so that you can get up at 3 a.m. to work out. Um, 8 p.m. is a pretty early bedtime. Do you know what time my oldest daughter, Ellie, gets home from high school band? She's in the high school band. She loves it. She plays trumpet, which in my opinion is the coolest instrument. I always say, can you name a famous person who plays a trumpet? And people are like, oh yeah, Miles Davis. Boom. Name the world's most famous flautist. You can't do it. Like it's impossible. Trump is the best instrument. I don't even want to argue about that. Trombone is pretty cool too because it's so big, but whatever. She gets home from band most nights at 8 p.m. If I went to bed at 8 p.m., she would walk in the house. I would say, how was your day? But don't really tell me. High five, going to bed, got to get up at 3 a.m. Do you know what time she gets home on Friday nights after football games during football season? About 10 p.m., 10, 15 p.m. I would completely miss her. So you have to notice both sides of the sleep equation. Like, don't just look at the get up time. You have to also go, okay, for me to do this, would I have to really change my family structure? And maybe right now you're single, you live alone. You're like, dude, it doesn't matter. Cool, cool, cool. I'm talking in the context of your life impacting other people's lives. And I should say as a bit of a sleep disclaimer, if you have a job where you're a nurse and you're working the night shift, disregard this. I'm not talking about jobs that make you get up early. The other day I had to get up at 4.15 AM so that I could get to a virtual event. I was in Las Vegas and there was a virtual event that was going to be showing in Tampa, which is Eastern time. So I was in Vegas, had to get up super early. There was no part of me that was like, no, I should sleep in. I'm talking about when you voluntarily are getting up in an insane hour. That's number two. The sleep mafia never talks about what time to go to bed. Number three reason that you should ignore the sleep mafia is that some influencers are processing trauma, not living out of joy. Let me say that one again, because all of a sudden it just got real heavy in here. Some influencers, some motivational gurus, some motivational types are processing trauma, not living out of joy. There's some things that you take to such an extreme that they become manic behavior where somebody says, okay, you should get up at 2 a.m. and you should do this. And when you watch their life, you pause and go, that doesn't feel like that's coming from a place of joy. It doesn't feel like that's coming from a place of happiness. It feels like they've got a lot of trauma in their life and they're running from that trauma and their system to escape that trauma or to delay dealing with that trauma is to have a really difficult, really hard, really manic schedule. They're running 200 miles a week. They're running 300 miles a week and they're spending nine hours on a Saturday in the woods. I wonder if there's other stuff they're dealing with. And maybe there is. I know for me, if I overdo my schedule, if I overplan my schedule, it's often done out of fear and control. I'm trying to control everything. I'm anxious about such a situation. I'm stressed about some situation. So I overschedule it. And my wife actually called me out on this the other day. This is something Jenny said to me. She said, John, being busy makes you feel important. So you pack your schedule until it bursts at the seams, but you don't feel peaceful when you do that. So the question you need to answer is, do I want to feel important or peaceful? Isn't that a good question? Do I want to feel important or peaceful? And, and Jenny needs to write a book. I, I think even just like a daily calendar with questions like that would be helpful. But in the meantime, I thought it might be a question that helps you too. 
Do I want to feel important or peaceful? So ask yourself, is the person I'm getting advice to, the person that is telling me, this is the system, this is the way, Mandalorian shadow, is that person living out of joy or running from trauma? I've always wished there was a way to do an event where the spouses or partners of the leader or influencer, the person on stage, whatever, could speak honestly about what it was like to live with that person. I mean, to tell you the truth, if you asked Jenny four years ago, what it was like to live with me, she would say, sometimes he's a real jerk. And I'll share more on that in another episode. But basically about four years ago, she said, John, you're a jerk for the two years when you write a book and you're a jerk for the two years when you sell a book. And that's not going to work. She said, I'd rather you be a like a happy plumber than a miserable writer. And what she was saying was that I was using all this stress, all this chaos as fuel to get through tough projects. Like I couldn't get motivated by the deadline. It had to be a disaster. And so I'd create disasters and I was really difficult to be around. But I think sometimes it would be helpful if we could see the other side of the person that's giving us advice. Because sometimes like influencers have a trail of bodies in their background and you don't know that and you buy into their advice. And then when you implement that system that they're telling you, this is the way in your own life, you end up miserable too. And you make the people in your life miserable too. So I think you need to be really careful. That's reason number three. Some influencers are processing trauma, not living out of joy. Number four reason that you should ignore the sleep mafia. High performers are great at making announcements. They're great at making announcements. I, I asked the guy who told me he gets up at 3.30, how long have you done that? And he thought about it and he kind of kind of went back and forth and he said, you know what? About four years. And I love that. I salute that. I, I think that's amazing. Why? Because that's a great sign that he's really living it. He's really doing it. I think you should ask every influencer, every advice giver, every motivational person, whatever, how long have you consistently done the thing you're telling me to do? Because it's really tempting for influencers to make like announcements about like, this is something that I always do. This is the way. And then if you pull the thread a little bit, if you look behind the scenes, you realize they've done it for like three weeks and they're already teaching you like, this is the best way to do something. I meet writers all the time. They'll say, John, I write on Saturdays. I write on Saturdays and they'll make these loud announcements. And I'll go, how many, um, how many Saturdays have you done that in a row? And they'll go, two. And they say it like they've always done it, but they've done it twice and now they've made this announcement. And, and sometimes that turns into exaggeration and sometimes it's just flat out a lie. I remember when I first met Jenny in my early 20s and we got married and I would tell people if we talked about you know, travel or Central America, I'd go, yeah, I lived in, I lived in Costa Rica. I, I, used, I lived in Costa Rica during college. And finally one day, Jenny was like, hey, um, you, need to, you need to stop saying that. And I was like, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? I lived in Costa Rica, Pura Vida, um, Por Supuesto, uh, Mas o Menos. Like I lived in Costa Rica. And she said, no, you visited Costa Rica for three and a half weeks, um, one Jan term during college. So I don't, I don't feel like I lived in Costa Rica is the most honest reflection of that experience. And my first thought was like, what are you talking about? I'm practically a native. And then I sat with it for a little while. And I was like, oh, she's right. I'm exaggerating that. I was really ultimately lying about that because I wanted to look a certain way. So I think you have to be real careful with folks online that make these big announcements because often there's nothing behind it. 
often there's nothing there. It reminds me of my favorite example of when there's nothing behind something, like where it looks like where something looks shiny and big and important, but then there's nothing behind it. I think every fireworks store I've ever driven by is that exact way. I, it's funny that every fireworks store in the entire United States is the world's largest fireworks store. I've never seen a sign that was like, we're like the seventh largest fireworks store in this part of Arkansas. They never say that. And when you drive by, they look massive. But what you come to find out is a lot of them are just essentially a trailer home. It's like a trailer home that they built up a huge wall around. So there's like a three-story wall, but it's really just a one-story small little trailer home. Like I don't even know if there's ever been a fireworks store that had an escalator. Like maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter and say, John, I've actually been in like the Macy's of fireworks stores, but it's something that looks like something on the outside. That's not really true on the inside. And, and Jenny and I talk about that all the time. Like Jenny loves actions, not announcements. If I go, I'm going to change my whole business. She's like, Oh, cool. If I actually go and say, Hey, here's these three things I've done and I've done them over the last month. And here's what I'm processing. Da, da, da. She goes, Oh my gosh, actions. Look for actions, not just announcements. The fifth and final reason that you should ignore the sleep mafia is that the more rigid you make a goal, the more likely it is to break. The more rigid you make a goal, meaning the more steps, the more conditions, the more things you kind of add to it, the more likely it is to break. It's like adding seams to a motorhome. I've never owned a motorhome. I think I'd be terrible at that. I drive a VW GTI which is like a go-kart. And like, that's the size car I can park. Like big cars, I'm terrible at parking. So I've never driven a motorhome. But what's interesting is that a lot of people who love motorhomes try to get motorhomes that are a continuous shell. Like a motorhome that doesn't have a lot of seams in it. It's one continuous piece. Why? Because every time you add a seam, every time you add a rivet, there's another point for it to leak. You're making it less durable. There's another point for water to get in, another point for weather to kind of peel away at it. And it's the same with goals. If you add a lot of conditions, if you add a ton of rules, your goal becomes really brittle. It's going to break. And and I see this happen with sleep goals. People say, okay, I'm going to get up at 3.30 a.m. And maybe they did that one time in their life and they're like, this is the new rule. So they make an announcement to themselves. From here on out, I'm getting up at 3.30 a.m. This is what I'm doing. And then if they're 15 minutes late, it's like the whole day is ruined. They go, oh, got up 15 minutes late. That was the start of all the goal. I have 14 things I like to do. I missed the first one. Like, screw it. The day is over. The whole thing just fell apart because I was 15 minutes late. And for me, I'm learning to do the opposite. The older that I get, the more I try to keep my life and my goals fairly loose. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm pretty detailed at certain areas. But I try to keep it fairly loose. And one of the ways I do that is I average my performance over a month instead of per day. Some days I get to write two hours. Some days, one hour. Some days, no hours. But if I say, as a rule, every day I get up at this time and every day I write this amount of hours, that's not going to happen. It's much better for me to have an average where I say, okay, every week I try to write 10 hours or every month. I try to get up at roughly this same time. The more rigid you make a goal, the more likely it is to break. Now, maybe you've never fallen under the spell of the sleep mafia, but here's a quick test to see if you've got some issues wrapped up around sleep 
and performance. One question. Can you allow yourself to take a nap without feeling guilty? Let me say that again. Can you allow yourself to take a nap without feeling guilty? And I'm talking middle of the day, not just a Sunday either. I'm talking about like a Tuesday. Can you take a 30-minute nap without feeling guilty? Maybe just in your car during your lunch break. Can you sneak away to your car for 30 minutes during the day without feeling guilty? If you can't, you might have been influenced by the sleep mafia. Like you might have this old idea in your head, like sleep when you're dead. We got to work hard. We got to hustle. Now, in full disclosure, there was a season in my life when I got up regularly at 5 a.m. And you know what? It was awesome. It, it was. It was the only time that I could do the work I needed to do. I was in my early 30s. I was stuck in my career. I had two kids under the age of four. I had a beautiful wife named Jenny, who I still have. And I had a day job and I had side hustles. I was freelance writing and I wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a blog. And so I had to carve that time out. And I couldn't carve it out on a Saturday per se. Like no spouse is excited when you go, hey, I'm going to pursue my dream all day today on while you watch the kids, if that's cool with you. Like that wasn't going to work. So the only time I could find was to get up earlier at 5 a.m. And so I did that. And it was really, really helpful. But it was also a season. Now I get up at 5.45 or, or 6 a.m. And that works really well for my life because my kids are different ages. My job is different. My responsibilities are different. That's what works for me. So maybe something else will work for you. Maybe, maybe you heard this today and you're like, you know what, John? I already have a perfect sleep schedule. I'm already crushing sleep. That's awesome. But just be careful about the sleep mafia. They're so persuasive. They are. Here's a recap of what we learned today. Number one, all advice is a la carte. It's all our cart. Take what works for you, leave what doesn't. Number two, the sleep mafia never talks about what time they go to bed. They very rarely celebrate that. Number three, some influencers are processing trauma, not living out of joy. Number four, high performers are great at making announcements. Look instead for actions. Always ask an influencer, always ask somebody who's selling you something, somebody who's motivational, a leadership expert, whatever, how long have you done that? And if the answer is three weeks, don't take that advice. They've barely done it. Number five, the more rigid you make a goal, the more likely it is to break. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. When your podcast is newish, like mine, the reviews are super important and I really appreciate them. I mean, this episode in part started with somebody essentially reviewing the podcast and saying, hey, I think you're edgier than you're letting on. I think there's more that you like to rant about and talk about. So your reviews really do matter to me. Please make sure you subscribe or follow and thank you for writing those reviews. I'll see you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.